is Show Notes, the podcast for performance with Emily Edwards. Hey girl, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. How exciting. <laughs> How exciting. I know. Look, since um, since the beautiful Susie uh, was a fangirl of yours in our Freelancer Finances episode, I have wanted to get you onto the pod to talk about your um, amazing perspective and wisdom, you know, all about finances. Like, do you want to just sort of start by kind of outlining, I guess, what you do? And like, I think your take on finances is so unique. Do you want to just say a little about a bit about like who you are and how you kind of came to speak about finances? Yeah. Um, so I'm so sorry. It just broke up briefly then. Can you hear my child screaming in the background? Oh, I can't actually, which is just perfect. You can't. That's no. great. I have been dealing with him. We've not just like locked him in the uh, room and tied him to the cot or anything. He is being looked after. Amazing. Um, so, who, who am I? Great question. Um, <laughs> I'm really excited for this tree therapy. Um, my name is Rhiannon Llewellyn. If I was to say it in a proper Welsh accent, it would be Rhiannon Llewellyn. Oh, I love but that. everyone says, pardon? Oh, should I say that? <laughs> I'm from Wales. Um, so, I'm an opera singer. Um, and I guess actress as well. That's just a new string to my brain recently. Love it. Um, in the last few years, I've been in some straight plays. Oh, my favourite. And that sort of thing. Yes, my favourite. Um, which is quite exciting. Um, so, um, yeah, people paid me to do that. So I guess that's <laughs> on my TV now. Amazing. <laughs> so, um, and I'm also a music teacher. Nice. I've got my own teaching studio. Wow, that baby is really upset. Um, and, um, oh, gosh, his head's still attached. Um, so I'm a music <laughs> teacher and I'm also... <laughs> my... My uh, other hat is that I'm a vicar's wife, which is a surprise to me as well as anyone else. Um, I think anyone that's ever met me would not expect that to happen. So um, um, I met a glorious man named Brutus, true story, uh, proposed to him, and uh, yeah, now he's my husband. He happens to be a priest. So um, yes, I am. I am a staunchly agnostic vicar's wife. Um, Love it. Baking tea and not really sure about the metaphysics of the situation. So um, <laughs> there we go. So that's sort of who I am and what I do. But then I have this other string to my bow, which again is sort of more recent in the last few years, in that I, I guess someone would call me a, a personal finance expert. I'm mm. trying to own that a bit more. Very sexy. Which sounds really dry, but I try and keep it. Um, fun, <laughs> as fun as finance could be. Fun finance. It's like that episode. Um, it's like the Big Bang Theory, isn't it? Fun with facts. <laughs> I love um, it. I promise it is quite fun. Um, you make you it fun, it, but, um, yeah. Oh, thanks. I yeah. try. <laughs> and if not, you can laugh at me, even if it's not with me. Um, so I used to be in. I used to be terrible with money. First of all, I've always had a job. I think since I was about. I didn't have my first job when I was something like 12. I, I don't know if I got paid very often from it, but it certainly <laughs> felt like a job. Um, sweeping up at a horse farm and helping muck out. Um, but then I had jobs all the way through my teens and was always had sort of a little side hustle that I'd be trying to earn money on. Um, and then at university, I always had jobs. And I had quite good jobs at university. I was quite inventive and had a lot of gigs quite young. So um, I was really lucky. I always had concert work 
um, almost every weekend when I was doing my master's in opera school. I was really fortunate. Um, and I still found myself in debt all the time. But I just thought it was normal. I just thought everyone spent as much money as me. Mm. Um, and then when I got married, my husband, he's, he's not bad with money in that he wasn't really in debt. Um, but he didn't really have savings. I think he'd spent most of his savings on my engagement ring. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was that was that. So, it was actually funny enough, at the time that I um, got to know Susie for the first time, I'm a, I'm a fan of hers as well, mutual fangirling. Um, but I was at Glyndebourne, I was singing the chorus at Glyndebourne, I was singing a small role, and I was earning more money than I'd ever earned before. Had a regular wage. What is that? Um, <laughs> yeah, and right. I kind of looked at our finances and said, "Yeah, okay, exactly. What is this mythical creature you speak of that I've heard only exists on the continent?" Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I was like, "We have to sort this situation out because my husband was in the army at the time, and he was on almost fifty grand a year, which is a good wage, not a millionaire, but very decent wage, not to be sniffed at." Mm. Um, uh, but he was about to take a pay cut of 50% when he left the army and went back to the church. So we also wanted kids around that time. So it's like, this doesn't make sense. I won't be working. You're taking a 50% pay cut um, and we're having a kid. Like, these are all things that can't happen when you're in debt. I mean, they can and they do, and that's when disaster strikes. Yeah. So, yeah, long story short, we paid down debts and started, this makes a bit of vomit come up in my mouth, but building wealth oh, um, I love it. Sort of, yes so that's who I am that wasn't as quick answer, was it? So that was I told you, glorious. <laughs> I loved it. And waffling is so welcome here. Um, I love it. That is fantastic. Like, I, I, I love that as well because it, it gives, I don't know, it gives like a perspective and your story, which I think so many people will be able to relate to. Like, you know, I think there's this, there's this myth around like freelance earning that it's like, oh, we don't earn anything or it's so irregular that we can never possibly be on top of our money. And it's like there there comes a point yeah. like, yes, there is, a you know, there are points in life where that is true. And it's like I just did another gig for like, hey, have a bottle of wine. And you're like, guys, like I can't pay my rent with a bottle of wine. But, you know, like when once it oh gets God, past that point. Wine? Yeah, I, I was going to say like that's pretty like fancy. Maybe I didn't even – I got like a glass of wine maybe. Um but, you know, like, it's it's kind of like, you know, yes, there are those times, but it gets to a point, like, and I noticed this when I was in a similar position, like, on a young artist program in full-time work, and it was like, the myth still existed of, like, we don't earn any money, we couldn't possibly, and it's like, it's, you know, you're on a basic yeah. wage, but, like, there is ability to start thinking about your finances, and I just, I think the myth kind of just, you know, just still was wafting around so i think it's really important that we start to go like actually we have enough that we can do something with it so on that note like if people are at the position of like okay i mean we'll get to kind of crisis finances in a bit but you know if people are in general at the point where they're like okay i'm making some money i might be at the moment they might be online teaching or they might be kind of offering courses or they might be doing random side hustle jobs online like okay if they're doing that then there is some money coming in first of all could we sort of chat generally about how you know general tips for setting up a healthy financial um world and then we can delve into like the kind of crisis point that is the world at the moment yeah of course so uh number one 
you've got to look at why. Mm. So it's all very well doing a budget and using a cash envelope system and investing and, you know, gamifying your exchange rates, and not exchange rates, uh, your interest rates and mm. finding out ways to get the best deal on X, Y, and Z. That's all fine, but why? Yes. Because I think one of the one of the most important things when you're getting out of debt, um, because we have £30,000 of debt, um, and debt that a lot of people would think of as relatively normal, so it wasn't like I had a loan shark knocking on my door and trying to take away <laughs> my furniture. Um, we had a car loan, so we owed about £22,000 in a car. We had a few credit cards that we kind of paid off every month, but we'd always be sort of 1000 to £1,500 in by the end of the month. Um, mm. A little overdraft. We bought a £3,000 sofa. I know, what was I thinking? Um, <laughs> Do you know, that year I actually only earned £7,000, so that puts that into perspective. <laughs> Terrible with money. Um, what was I thinking? Um, so you've got to think of why, because especially if you are someone, and I think this is very common in the uh, sort of performing world and in the freelance world, that gets very overwhelmed by money mm. and is potentially not motivated by money. So... Um, yeah. Yes, there are sort of, I mean, I work in opera, there are opera singers that are making bank every month, but most of us are kind of just surviving mm. um, and just making ends meet and maybe we can afford a house deposit at some point, God knows if ever, for some <laughs> people, um, but and maybe we can afford, you know, a camping holiday once a year, but we're not by we're not living like rollers and <laughs> buying diamond watches and <laughs> that's not why we're in it. Is it? Yeah. We're in it for the for the art. We're yeah. not in it for the mulberry handbags and the <laughs> whatever else floats float your motors, I guess. Um, but there's no problem for being in it for that either. And you know, well done to anyone who is making bank. Tell me your secrets. Yeah, exactly. So um, you've got to look at why. So what would it mean if you're in debt right now? Um, and I realise this is a difficult conversation to have as well because it is more difficult for people to make money uh, with the current mm. crisis. Um, but what would it mean if you weren't in debt? Um, and that could be really simple. Would you be less stressed? Would you have fewer arguments with your partner about money? Mm. Uh, would you feel freer? Would you find some mm. sort of freedom? Mm. And remember the really practical thing of when you're not in debt is that you can save way more money because it eats your wealth. Yeah. And when I use the word wealth, I'm not talking about like Count Duckula or whatever his name is. Was it Count <laughs> Scrooge? Duck, whatever his name is, he swims through his money. Love it. I mean, one day I would love to take a bath in money just to see how that feels. But I'm not talking about that sort of wealth. I'm just talking about the wealth that comes from being debt free and having, you know, six months worth of emergency savings in the bank. Yeah. Um, that for me is is a huge luxury, and it's um, that's the greatest wealth I think you can have. Everything else is absolute bonus. Um, but I think that's what we should really strive for as freelancers. Yes. So, yeah, the why is the most important. Um, and secondly, I think people should find a money buddy. Um, and that's something Ooh. I talk about all the time. But it's, it's sometimes I would say that, I mean, money is, money arguments and money fights and money troubles are the leading cause of divorce. Let's not forget that. Mm. They're also the leading cause of murder. Oh, murder! <laughs> um, wow. And, one of the leading causes of suicide. So no, let's not yeah. say, oh, it's just money. Money is really important. Um, even if you don't care about it, and this may make you laugh, but I don't. 
really care about money that much. Um, <laughs> I think it's about the freedom, again, though, isn't again. it? Really, like it's exactly what you said. Of like, yeah. it's not about the dollar signs. It's about like what freedom does this like? What freedom does this give me? Exactly. What choice does this give me? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And this and there's so much shame around money. Yeah. So much shame. I mean, my um, sort of my parents growing up. Um, you know, my mum was a single mum. She didn't have like A levels in university degree, so she wasn't, um, you know, able to go into some sort of like obvious professional career, doctor, lawyer, that sort of thing. Mm. Uh, she worked her absolute backside off, and she got a decent job. She's a very clever and very resourceful woman. Um, but you know, we weren't. I wasn't wealthy growing up. Um, now I'd say, like my parents, she married stepdad and. Um, uh, I guess, like, behind every successful man, there's a surprised woman. <laughs> um, but um, now they are much more much more comfortable. <laughs> They're very comfortable. Um, and um, living in a beautiful home in the southwest of France, which my mother has basically built with, built with her own fair hands. She just wow. gets to build it, and then they show how to do it, and then she just does it. She's absolutely... She's like a housewife on acid, um, <laughs> I always say, because, like, she's got all the, like, jam and home-baking Plus, she's like growing she like her house. Plus, she's like just replastering the ceiling. You know, oh she's my that God, kind of I woman. Honestly, she's my she's my superstar hero woman. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't super wealthy growing up. But then I kind of found myself in these sort of wealthier and wealthier circles, um, and I thought that I needed the like designer clothes and nice haircut and needed all those things to kind of be be part of the group Mm. and I think I was often surrounded at school by people who were wealthier than me um and like please this is like a poor little rich girl thing like at all I was really you know I, I I wanted for nothing but I remember a group of friends going to my new house um when I was like 12 and we were so proud of this house and it was a lovely house like by any standards it was very lovely and spacious for our family uh but my friend saying oh is this your house oh it's, wow. it's so small wow and this sort of thing and like we lived in like a three-bedroom detached house it was lovely there was yeah. nothing wrong with it but I think when you're surrounded by those attitudes from quite a young age you think oh something's not okay about my life I don't belong Mm. Um, and then I went to board, boarding school eventually because my parents kept moving around. Again, you know, I went to boarding school at 16. It's not as if we, I was living, you know, on the breadline. We were, this is the perspective I'm saying. Mm. We were, I was very fortunate and I had a, a good scholarship and things. But, you know, I was in this very privileged environment. I felt like I didn't have enough money. So then when I got into debt, I felt like I couldn't phone my parents and say, is there any chance you could help me? I've been really stupid. I've done this yeah. because I was so ashamed. So totally. I was applying for payday loans to try and cover, you know, a month's rent or really real basics. And it was it wasn't really because I wasn't earning enough money. It's because I wasn't managing it enough, well enough, because I was ashamed. Yes, um, and so I didn't know where to find help. Yeah. Um, and there's so much shame. Anyway, that's all I'll say about shame. But no, if you're feeling ashamed so... about money and you're listening, hello, mm. strange person I've never met before. Um, yes. then um, you're normal that's normal it's not healthy um, and I think you should find someone to talk to and whether that's a close friend whether you can talk to your partner or spouse about it that's great um, whether it is a mentor that you feel like you could open up to about money um, start sharing because you'll be really surprised at how many people are stupid with their money yeah. I have been 
And how I, do you... I, I'm quite stupid with your money. You're not. You're normal. Yeah, totally. Well, I think it's like um, shameful messages. Like, I really get that. Like, I think it's similar in so many aspects that aren't talked about in our lives slash freelance lives. Like, if the shame is there, then, like, everyone is just drowning in the shame and no one is talking about it. And it's like, you know, that thing of the antidote to shame is, like, vulnerability and sharing and communicating yeah. and, you know. Oh, hey, Brene. Oh, my God, <laughs> yes, girl. I was gonna, I was going to be like, as our queen Brene says, and then I was like, Emily, calm down. Maybe she doesn't love Brene like you do. I love Brene. I love Brene Brown. Ugh, oh, my God, shout out Brene Brown. Um, when like I come on our podcast, my mother, like my mother from another brother. Oh my god, like, totally! Oh, she's so good, isn't she? She's amazing. Oh, and her podcast, oh, so <sighs> good, amazing. Um, Should we just have a moment for Brene? Just have a moment, a moment of <laughs> a minute, a minute silence. Maybe not a minute. I can't stop talking for a minute. Um, but you know, as our queen Brene says, like antidote to shame. You know, like we have to start talking about this stuff. And like, I guess my question is like you know, you've kind of talked about like the period that changed that for you and like the straw that broke the camel's back in a general sense. It's like, but what did you, where did you turn? Like, what did you do at that crucial moment where you were like, oh shit. Like if someone listening is at that point, like what are the, what is, what is the first step? Like once you've realized that that's the shame and it can be tricky because I think if like, say it's kind of like family shame or friends have shame about it, like, you know, as you say, like, we need to share and we need to converse, but I think we also need to be kind of mindful about mm-hmm. who we share that with because maybe if we talk to our yeah. parents or grandparents, they might just have that stuff going on for them too. Like, you know, so how do we begin to have yeah. those conversations and find the tools if we're in that point? And maybe now, like, this kind of crisis, like, as you say, it's a tricky time to talk about these things, but also maybe it's great because, number one, we're probably spending less, but number two, we're, like, forced into a dark room with all the things that we've mm. been ignoring or avoiding or distracting yeah, or spending exactly. our way out of, you know? Like, so where do, where do we go from yeah. here, you know, this crazy shame and thing? With, and, with, and with finances, I'm so sorry, I keep hearing no. a tiny delay, uh, which is fine enough because you're in Australia. And I'm <laughs> it's far, man. To be further apart. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I would say that there's a lot of... Um, at the moment, of course, with the crisis, even if you want to do something at your, about your finances and you're like, oh, gosh, yes, wouldn't it have been useful to have a rainy day fund? <laughs> Obviously, it's Too not bad. that easy right now. You yeah. can't necessarily just go out and start making bank. Um, that's not to say that all people will go into that in a minute. Um, some people, I think, should be going out and looking for more work. Um, I'll be very careful about the way I wear that later. and We'll, mm. we'll cover that. Um, but... It is, it's, it's, it is, it's hard and realise that when you realise what your situation is and you realise, oh wow, I am, my lads were, I am yeah, go for it. a bit fucked. Like, <laughs> I love how you said it. I'm a bit fucked. Yeah. I'm a bit fucked. <laughs> um, then, and there is that awful like, it, and it rises within you, it, yeah. you know, this very visceral feeling of what have I done? Um, why isn't this sorted? I don't know what to do. But please be kind to yourself mm. and realise you've taken the first step. Yeah. It's like alcoholics and others. Totally. The first thing to solving the problem is realising you have a problem. Yeah. And if you're just realising this and sort of coming to this realisation that you're not necessarily financially secure during a pandemic, <laughs> I'm really sorry this has happened to you. Mm. But also look at it as a really great thing. You've realised. Yeah. So now you can start 
realizing what the problem is, you can start researching, start talking about it gently, um, and start figuring out what to do. Now, who to talk to and how to practice being vulnerable. Mm. This is a good this is a good chat. So basically everything I learned in the early days I learned from YouTube. Yeah. It's a very useful resource. I'm a YouTuber, go check me out. I'm very close to being monetized, so please subscribe. I love it. Everyone so, subscribe so. now. She's the best. <laughs> um but there are some people um on YouTube and mainly in America, I've got to say there's a huge debt-free community out there and people who are getting out of there and sharing their stories. Um, and I don't know if it's because Americans are more uh, more comfortable talking about money than Brits are, mm. where we like to pretend it doesn't exist. <laughs> um, but there's an, my guru, okay, and you're going to have to be careful with this, um, but he's, he's called Dave Ramsey. He's massive in America, but in the UK um, and in Europe, no one's really heard of him. And he has this huge radio TV sh- uh, radio show, a podcast. Uh, he's he's everything. He's got ev- he's on everything. Mm. Um, you know, he's got millions of subscribers. He's massive, and he has developed this system called the Baby Steps, uh, which I followed to get out of debt. Mm. Um, and he talks about it all day, every day about money and he doesn't talk about it the way that if anyone in the UK knows Martin Lewis he's great um, and runs a website called Money Saving Expert which is um, you know about sort of tips tricks hacks for um, saving money changing bills making sure you're not getting ripped off sort of consumer um, advice that sort of thing Mm. but Dave Ramsey isn't about any of that he is about the behaviour and he always says money management is not about head knowledge it's about behaviour so it's about 10% head knowledge, but 90% behavior. So you don't need to be good at maths. You don't need to be an accountant. You just need to start addressing your behavior. Yeah. And basically, you'll have to give some of what he says with a slight pinch of salt. He <laughs> teaches personal finance or biblical principles. As I've already mentioned, even though I'm a vicar's wife, I'm not, um, I'm not politically inclined, shall we say. Um, <laughs> but honestly, he kind of just cherry picks. If you're really like anti-religion, Honestly, he really cherry picks a verse now and then and uses it to support what he's saying. So don't be afraid of that. Honestly, yeah. you could be any religion or no religion. Just what's about the out if you find it offensive. Mm. Number two, he's he's not a feminist. Mm. Um, and he does say things like, oh, sweetheart, and that sort of thing at all. Like, <laughs> whatever. Uh, but if you, can, if you can let that go, what he's got to say is actually really valuable and really helpful Um, and if you can listen to him it kind of brainwashes you in a good way (laughs) (laughs) Um, but also realizing you're not alone because you're listening to all these people phone in talking about their financial problems and honestly there are some people there that are doing more stupid things than you however (laughs) stupid you think you've been so that's also a great thing you're like wow I thought I've made some mistakes but oh wow look at you Love it. But I really say, if you're if you're worried about talking about your financial situation, maybe go look up Go Budget Girl. Is an amazing woman. Mm. She was in, I think, about forty thousand dollars of debt, um, and she was on a salary of thirty three thousand um, dollars, which I don't know what that is in uh, that's American dollars. Mm. Um, and she paid off her debt by herself, single woman, um, in a few years by living off basically rice and beans, beans and rice. And she shares the whole story from day one on YouTube. She's really sweet. She's really funny. And you should definitely go and check her out. Because 
when you see other people being open about it, yeah. then you feel like you can get about it. Oh, so true. Um, and that's why I started YouTube and Instagram, because I thought, if I'm open about this, and I am able to share my story, then maybe other people will feel like they can be, and maybe they can see that there's light at the end of the tunnel. Spot on. Um, you know, I went from an absolute money, I like, zero hope, what is wrong with me, why am I so incompetent, to being someone who is still a little bit incompetent in many ways. <laughs> um, but I really know what I'm doing, and I feel like I have total control over my money, um, which gives me ultimate freedom. That's the most important thing. Yeah. Um, so yes, having a money buddy, super important, um, and find someone you can talk to, and, and you know, ask leading questions like, oh, have you, have you ever been in debt? Or, you know, test the waters. If someone is horrified and is like, no, I think that's awful, it's not the devil, maybe don't chat to them. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Try again. Yeah. Um, yeah. That makes yeah. sense. So once you've found your money buddy and, you know, you've started to go, okay, I've got I've got my problem or whatever, like whether it's yeah. a problem or like actually I just feel like I could be better or feel better or like as you said like you know you guys were having shifting job situations and living and like expecting yeah. a baby like you know there's there's people in all kind of different yeah. stages of life here like listening to us so yeah. you know once you've kind of you may be like or this crisis is forcing you to think about all this stuff so you've realized you've gone oh there's things I want to change I want to feel better about this um and you've sort of started to reach out and chat to people is your money buddy number one question is your money buddy the person that as in you're reaching out to talk to someone about or is it someone that you buddy up with and like have goals like is that the vibe oh I think both that would be a, a, an awesome thing and it's something I said in one of my videos I released recently mm. um, you know get maybe get like a group of girlfriends or guy friends or binary friends um, and <laughs> yes. create that WhatsApp group of people that are feeling a bit hopeless about money and be like right okay what we're going to do today guys I'm going to go through a month's worth of bank statements and I'm going to write out what my spending habits were and see where I was overspending maybe yeah. um and, you know, you can have a Zoom chat once a week. I mean, like, that's obviously, that's quite a lot of commitment. If you're ready for that, then why not? Go for it. Now's the time. Mm. You're sitting at home twiddling your thumbs and getting stressed <laughs> about it. Yeah. A problem shared is a problem... Well, Divided problem into problem many shared. parts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I love but, it. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, again, the more people you can talk about it, the more that you can um, have support systems of people saying, oh, how are you doing about that? Yeah. Um, again, I'm not saying you necessarily need to take out an advert on Facebook and start broadcasting the fact that you've got credit card debt um, <laughs> or that you've got no savings and are really worried about making making rent or anything. But you know, really start 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 being open about it, and it can only get better. Um, yeah. So uh, yes, that's that's what I'd say. So, so after yeah. you've got your money, buddy. Yeah. Um, you need to start having a look at your spending. And this is the bit that people go, ah, I can't do a budget. I'm terrible at that. It's a very simple addition. Um, <laughs> that's pretty much all it is. It's addition. You can do it on a calculator. You don't have to use a spreadsheet. I've been budgeting now for five years, and I've only recently figured out how to use Excel. So <laughs> really, you can do this with a pen and paper. Um, so you, you can use lots of budget spreadsheets um, and templates. And, you know, a quick Google search for budget template. I don't know, euros, Australian dollars, 
mm. uh, I don't know, rupees, whatever you're using, um, <laughs> will find you one that's probably more appropriate to your country. Things like in America, they're always like, how much does your trash cost? How much does your, um, I don't know, your healthcare yeah. provider cost? All this sort of thing. And like in the UK, that's not relevant because we don't, we pay council tax, we don't pay for our rubbish. Anyway, mm. I'm not going to go into that. But yes, find yourself a budget and start filling it in. Mm-hmm. And I can promise you, for the first 90 days, it's going to be wrong. Um, <laughs> but you've got to start exercising that muscle. Yeah. Because personal finance is a muscle. And it's one, especially when you're in an environment where money isn't important, it's all about the art, um, that it can be easy to forget about that you're running a business. Yeah. Even as, uh, you know, I'm an opera singer. Rihanna Llewellyn incorporated opera singer galore. Please hire me. It's not a... It's not a company. <laughs> it's not a company, but uh, yeah, I am running a business. I am my product. Yeah. Sometimes my product doesn't sell very well, but it is still a product. Um, mm. And as my agent will tell me, when I gain a bit of weight, or when I do this, or when I do that, when I have a baby, woe, woe betide me. Oh um, my God. We have a whole episode about that the- coming up. Yeah, like I just <laughs> I put it in a little yeah, bracket here will, to be uh, like, we have 1950s bloody perspectives about women and babies and the performing arts and they can stick it because it is changing my friends it is not the 1950s anymore anyway that's all i have to say on that matter but you Um, feel me please can i come on do another podcast about that yes i got fired from three jobs when i was pregnant (gasps) but then got another job in a play um that was more money than i've ever made in my life um and performed until i was nine and a half months and I did 10 shows a week what? in Tudor costume that weighed 20 kilograms <laughs> oh so god. and I'm a wimp I'm an absolute wimp so if I can do that oh my know, god let's have a talk about pregnancy and yes okay so, oh my god I'm getting you back on the today. podcast no seriously I'm so passionate about that like okay we are scheduling that because I just it is so okay, antiquated oh. and oh man okay all right I'm writing that in the diary right now yes <laughs> like Thanks that one, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, so budgeting. It's, it's a scary thing, but remember there's three kinds of, of problems in money. One of them is a people problem, and sometimes you're the problem because you're like, I can't do this, I don't want to do this, I don't want to budget, it's not useful for me, I can't afford to budget, which is the funniest one that I hear sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'll get into it in a minute. Sometimes it's a, a process problem, um, and that's really easy to fix because that's like, okay, we're just going to sit down with this spreadsheet and sort it out. Um, and we're going to make give you a, a routine, a financial routine, um, and you're going to follow it as best as you can. It's never going to be perfect, but that's okay. Progress mm. over perfection. Yes. Um, and the other one is a perspective problem, and that's a that's quite a difficult one um, because sometimes people say things like, "I can't afford to do a budget." Yeah. Um, Tell me about that. I don't have enough money to budget, or but I've got an irregular income. I can't budget. Um, and I say to you, you have no regular income. You need to budget. Yeah. Um, so if you're if you're someone who's a natural saver and you're just always putting money away, and I start, I'm a, I'm um, training to be a financial coach at the moment, so I should find the next month or so. But I've sort of been like coaching people for fun on the side, um, and I have a friend that I've been helping out, and they actually sort of hoard money um, and actually what I was doing with them is trying to give them permission to spend because what budgeting did was show them that actually their financial situation is great 
and it's given them freedom to spend because they mm. realise that all their bases are covered. They've got emergency savings. They are saving up for long-term uh, personal goals. They are covered in the event of an emergency or long-term illness. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's 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 all good. That's all good stuff, really. Mm. Um, so yes, getting on a budget really, really important. Um, and. I could talk for hours about that, which I won't do, and I hope it's okay to keep saying I've got loads of videos on it. So please, oh, watch please say and exactly. Please just type yeah. in budget, you know, beginner's budget on YouTube. But please remember, you won't get it right the first time. Mm. Um, and at the moment, you can see in your budget, um, especially if you're at home. Number one, you should be saving saving money because you're not eating out, you're not yeah. paying for public transport. If you are um, able to work out, go out and work at the moment. There are lots of ways we can save money, um, but um, there are lots of corners that we can look at and think, how do I save this and how do I... Because it is the, the thing that leads us into debt and into poor money management, unless we've got an income problem, which is another thing we'll talk about, but the thing that leads us down that path is the death by pet sandwich. Um, and I know that Susie talks about this as well, but people don't just like, people don't intentionally get into debt normally. It's often not um, a big loan for something that is the real problem for people. It's the meandering into, oh, I don't have enough money, or oh, I don't have enough money, I just don't earn enough, don't know, it's because yeah. I'm freelance, because I'm a musician, because I'm an artist, oh, the struggle, the struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they sort of be, wander into this, oh, it's just a pet sandwich. Oh, it's just this cute little pair of earrings from this cute little earring shop. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I might just upgrade my train ticket to first class because it just makes me more comfortable. Um, but we have to remember that that really costs us in the long run. The number one really important thing for freelancers and self-employed people, you have to separate your two budgets. You need two. You need one for your professional life and you need one for your personal life. Oh, I like it. Never, ever. Yeah, so I operate them totally differently. I never cross them over. Mm. Um, and you need to separate out your personal finances by um, percentages. And again, I'm not, I know we're not really here to talk about the mechanics, but um, we can talk about anything oh, you like. I keep saying I've got a whole, I've got a whole YouTube video about No, it's so you good. Your, when you have money that comes in, so say you get paid, let's say a thousand pounds. That's an easy one. You've just had a gig. You've paid. A, you've got paid a thousand pounds great gig wonderful um and you go yay i've got a thousand pounds oh i'm gonna treat myself i'm gonna go out for dinner with the girls and then i'm gonna buy myself a pair of new shoes i've got an electricity bill i need to pay um and um i'm gonna put 100 pounds in savings for my mobile phone because i want to upgrade that next month oh i've i've got no no money left yeah and then at the end of the year you've got a tax bill and you've got professional costs that are coming up and it's like oh but actually don't have a thousand pounds and here's to tell you why mm. <laughs> because we do have professional expenses we have taxes to pay we have union dues whatever we've got that needs to come out i don't know your visit to your osteopath whatever you need to pay for so basically what i do is every every chunk of money that comes in whether it's 50 pounds that i've put a singing lesson for or if it's you know two thousand pounds from an opera contract um every single piece of money it comes into my account and then i go put my accountant hat on and i activate my percentage plan so my plan is currently uh, off the top of my head i think it's 30 percent i put into tax mm-hmm. which is much higher than the rate of tax i actually pay but i use that as a sort of savings pot at the end of the year yeah. 30 tax i put 20 percent to expenses um, that's about an average of how much I put in expenses. Then I put 10% to long-term co- 
career goals. So if I want to study with a particular teacher, go and do a masterclass, buy myself a new ball ground, because sometimes you just need some glitter, um, <laughs> then, that, then that's that. Um, now, actually, what I've got left is only 40%. Yeah. So actually, my take-home pay is £400. Mm. But so often people start spending on the thousand pounds before realizing that actually what they've got is four hundred pounds. So, true. so what, the reason for this is twofold. Number one, you don't eat into your into your professional money with your personal spending, and number two, you make sure that your personal spending is taken care of separately, and then you have a budget for what you can spend on your expenses. Um, which is really, it sounds really restrictive and people are like, I don't want to be restricted by a budget. But it means that I might look at my, my 20%, let's say I have, let's say I earn £2,000 a month, so 20% of that is expenses, so that's £400. So I look at that and I say, do you know what? I'm going to have a singing lesson once a week. I've got a plane ticket I need to fly to Germany to go and do that audition. That's going to cost me £200. And then I've got 50 quid left over for... I don't know, an oyster card and a pret sandwich yeah. or whatever it is. I'm just thinking off the top of my head. Yeah. But actually, maybe I get to the end of that month and I'm like, oh, I haven't needed to top up my oyster card. Do you know what? I'm going to treat myself to another singing lesson or I'm mm. going to put that money into towards doing a masterclass this year or buying a new ball gown. Or mm. maybe you actually just say, do you know what? I'm going to put that back into my personal money. And you've got choices. But it means that at the end of the month, you've not eaten into your personal money because you've set yourself boundaries around your professional spending. Yeah. Um, because otherwise, I think it's very easy, and I've been guilty of this, of thinking, if I just study with this teacher, if I just pour money into this, if I just go and do this yeah. podcast, if I just buy this dress, if I just get these headshots, if I just, if I just, if I just. Mm-hmm. And it starts eating into your personal goals of, I don't know, paying for your kids' university education buying a house one day, yeah. maybe owning a car, mm. and those personal goals. And and it's not fair. If you were working for a company that did that to you, you wouldn't work for them anymore. Yeah, that's so true. We would just you say, like, no, thank you, goodbye, you know. Yeah, mm. absolutely. And maybe there is a time where you say, do you know what, I'm going to put loads of money into stepping back maybe you've had vocal trauma or something a good opera singer or any other kind of singer other 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 forms of music do do it. <laughs> um, maybe you're going to pour some money into your company but that's a conversation between you and your ceo which is also you so excuse <laughs> me if you see my my me talking to myself and having a board meeting <laughs> i love it i love it yeah yeah, that makes sense. So going back to that example where you say you've got your £1,000, so you've come in for a gig and you've put those percentages across to, you know, the expenses that you need to cover, you know, tax or, you know, yeah. agent or lessons or whatever, and you divided that up. Yeah. Then with, say, the £400 that you've got left, do you do the same percentage thing in terms of your budget? Like, do you have sort of separate accounts that you go, great, I need to put, I know that my rent is going to be 30% of this and my Blah, blah, blah. You know what? Do you do the same percentage with what is left? Um, so I, at this point in my life, I don't. Um, and I do that because I have a husband who has a, a regular income. Yeah. Um, so I and we totally combine all of our finances. I'm a bit at big advocate for combining finances, um, each to their own, but that gets my vote. Because <laughs> um, I, I think we're a team. Yeah. So everything we do is a team. And 
you know, I've had to move all over the country and internationally because of his job. Um, And equally, he has sometimes put money into my job. So both of our careers have sort of flourished and suffered because of each other's uh, work. Mm. So um, I firmly believe that we should both reap the reward or the trial that comes along with that financially. Mm. But equally, some people really want to keep their own finances separate, and that's totally fine. So Mm. each your own. But that gets my vote. Anyway, here ended the lesson. So, I just much. I, I love hearing you talk. I'm having the best time. I'm just like, I just love it. Um, what was the question? Oh, whether you um, divide that same, um, that kind of oh, in the yeah, same percentage, percentage way, yeah, yeah or great. kind of how you so distribute that. So, it is really hard when you've got, an, when you're starting off doing this, because if your income's going up and down, up and down, up and down, um, but I would say, Cover your bases, so your four walls, so you need somewhere to live, you need a way of getting to work, you need to keep the lights on, and you need to keep yourself fed. Mm. Outside of those, everything else is pretty much optional, right? Yeah. Like, do you need new clothes? Probably not. Go naked, it's um, I'm fine. Guessing most of your, I'm guessing most of your audience, like, have some things to wear and have some food in the cupboard. Yeah. I'm really sorry if you don't, um, but... You know, let's be realistic about this. Yeah, we're, um, we're probably all we're probably so, all doing okay. Like, I, I think probably no one listening to this is in dire poverty, and if you are, then get in touch. Um, but yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. It's like, okay, there is a difference between like what do we really need to stay alive and what do we want? Yeah, exactly. So price is your four walls. That's you're going to pay. So um, that's the first thing you've got to look at. Write those things down. Um, then let's look at the other things that are slightly more optional. So things like clothes, things like going out for dinner, obviously not very relevant currently, depending on where you are in the world. <laughs> things like, oh, what else would be optional? Buying a new car, um, things like buying a new sofa, talk to self. You can hear <laughs> that I'm just talking to myself. <laughs> um, so those things are really optional. You know, even if your sofa has burned in a house fire, really sorry about that, but in the worst case scenario, you could sit on the floor or yeah. sit on your bed. Or like, um, you know, like Facebook Marketplace, man, it's really good. Like I once got a sofa for oh. like 30 pounds and it's like leather. It's really nice. So Amazing. Yeah. I don't think, apart from our sofa, I don't think there's a single piece in our of house furniture in our house that is new there's so much stuff in the world yeah totally like good stuff yeah i feel you and and the top tip on that segue brown Mm. furniture i love like dark wood furniture Mm. i think it's super classy and i think it's lovely i love antiques yes and they're so cheap yes because people don't want them because they're not super trendy yeah just get one and paint one if you don't like dark furniture love it genius so looking at your budget really cover those four walls and honestly especially if you're in crisis that's that's all you're going to do right now yeah yeah Um, if you don't have any income or if you're um trying to scrape by on the pittance of government benefits that you're being offered then Mm. that is all you can cover anyway um and when you actually start having an income again i'm going to ask you to do that again um everything else you're going to either save or you're going to put towards debt um so you need to save a small emergency fund. And Dave Ramsey, my guru, has always said a thousand dollars. And I think one of the things that a thousand US dollars. And I think one of the things that the current pandemic has taught us is that that's not enough. Yeah. Um, and it's something that I always, 
always sat uneasy with me anyway. I always kind of wanted to say to people, you know, I have three months. Have yeah, three like months of expenses. Um, and that's three months of expenses that can cover your basics. So your housing, your bills, your um, uh, food and your transport. Mm. So make sure those are covered first. Um, and then everything else, I want you to kind of pile up like a dragon. Yes, yes, yes. Because <laughs> when you start piling it up, you can get to the point where you can pay yourself a month in arrears. Yeah. So I earn about, I think last year I earned about £21,000. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not on a high income, um, but I pay myself in arrears. So I look at what I earned in the previous month and then I work it out for the following month. So I don't touch anything I earn for at least a month. I'm actually now working off um, a system where I work six months in arrears because I've been doing it for a long time. But even if you can just do a month, that's that's a that's a huge achievement. Yeah. Um, and basically for that, you've got to basically save a, roughly a month's salary. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then you can start paying yourself a month in arrears. Um, and then you can start working at those percentages. Now, when you're looking at your personal budget rather than your professional budget, um, you could then start looking at percentages, I guess saying, do you know what, I'm going to put 10% towards eating out, 10% towards new clothes, I'm going to put 20% into savings, and 30% into paying off debt. I don't know, and that will be really personal, and I invite you to gamify it and start, like, twiddling, 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 and try and see it as a fun thing and a playful thing. Use a colourful spreadsheet, use some scented gel pens. I love it. Make it fun. Oh, we're salty. We don't want it to be dry. Yes. Make it fun. If you have to buy a new notebook, that's the one thing I'm going to let you buy. <laughs> that's the thing that gives you joy. Yes. Spend the five quid. Oh, but yes. after that, no more, no more optional spending mm-hmm, <laughs> until mm-hmm. you've sorted your finances out. Um, and on that... I know, I'm so waffly. Uh, no, it's that, the I dream. Gamification is so important. Yeah. Because I want you to be excited about doing your budget. Honestly, well, I want to feel like a dragon now. <laughs> what did you say? Oh, I, I want to feel like a dragon. Like, I love that image. I'm like, yes, I'm going to be a dragon. Yeah. I love it. You're going to be a dragon sitting on your rubies. Oh, I love it. And just being like, hey, I'm a cool dragon. I can pay myself in arrears. Like, imagine like, you know, like I'm in a way better kind of life position than I was like five years ago or 10 years ago. But like, I could could be like a badass dragon. Like I'm feeling inspired, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. So you can make yourself a fake away. Are you are you familiar with the concept of a fakeaway? No, what's that? It's a takeaway that you make at home. Oh, I love um, it! Yes, we're oh, a yes. big fan of the fakeaway. So make yourself a fakeaway. Put on your ball gown because you probably miss wearing those right now. <sighs> Put on your ball gown. Sit down to a nice meal, either by yourself or with your partner. You know, pick a wildflower when you're out for your government permitted oh, walk, um, and stick it in a jar. Make yourself feel special. Put on some like. Let's get it on music. Um, I feel special. You're the best. Um, and then you can look forward to the budget. And then that again goes into why. Because the psychology around money is everyone's downfall. Yeah. Money is very simple itself. It's, it's a very nuts. simple concept. Um, and dragons. Yes, it's a man-made, man-made construct. But if we didn't have money, we'd have bartering and we'd probably be selling people at auctions. So let's yeah, not do that. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, so let's, let's embrace this thing that's in our lives as much as we wish it would um so yeah make a date with your budget um mm. make yourself feel special use the stickers use the gel pens 
Get the glitter out if you have to. Please use environmentally friendly glitter. Oh, yes. Oh, you are my soulsy stuff. Do. Yes. <laughs> oh, um, look at what your budget you. can do and feel excited about it because it is going to change your life. Yes. And please, 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 next to you, girl. Very exciting. Yeah, yeah. So, what should I say? I'm so sorry. Um, what were we talking about? We were talking about in the last, oh, about, about, um, the different accounts and the B1 and the Virgin one. Oh, yeah. And the, yeah. The different accounts. So, yeah, so there's a B account if you're in the UK. Monzo is taking the mm. worldwide storm and I've recently signed up to them. I know Starling Bank as well. Um, my other recommendation would be is please try and find an ethical bank. Yeah. Um, because if it's not an ethical bank, they are investing your money in like Bad you know, shit. child slavery and arms dealing. Yeah. So please think about that as well, especially if you're um, if you're saving money or if you're investing. Yeah. Please have a think about that. And they do tell you that you'll see a lower return on your investment if it's in ethical investing and if you're into stocks and shares and that sort of thing, which... Like, if you're totally overwhelmed by money, you probably aren't. Um, but please, please go for ethical. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Because you want your money to come from a good place, even if you're seeing slightly lower return. Yeah, um, totally. Anyway, who'd have thought that having a conscience could uh, make you have less money? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, who would have thought um, that's the way the world yeah, works? Funny that. Pots, yeah, then it, it uh, allows you to see your thinking funds. So a thinking fund is a concept I talk about a lot. And I actually like to call them floating funds. Mm. Um, so a thinking fund, I think the sort of dictionary definition, let's see if I can remember this, is um, a way of 
seeing a depreciating, putting money towards a depreciating asset, uh, essentially, which um. basically means that if you own a fridge freezer, one day your fridge freezer will probably break, whether that's in five years, 10 years or 20 years, and you will have to replace that. Mm. So how do you, in the meantime, create a savings pot that will save up for your depreciating asset? Uh, whether that's a car, a dress, a pair of shoes, a mobile phone. Um, so, for instance, with my mobile phone, I put £10 a month towards a new mobile phone every month, come rain or shine, because I know that at some point I will drop it in the toilet. Oh, at some point I will leave it on the train. Me, always. At some point someone will mug me. God knows. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they, the sinking funds help me float. They're my floating funds. Mm. Um, so I have about 30 different floating funds which is excessive, um, I but I like it. to know that every single one of the bases is covered. So yeah. if my car breaks down, I know I've got my car excess covered, it's saved. Um, so it means that when these stressful things happen, uh, like something breaking your toddler, putting your laptop in the lavatory, um, <laughs> anything like that, um, you know, you can just replace it. And it's not annoying, but that's what a sinking fund does. So you can work that into your budget. Oh, uh, but anyway, I, I'm going to stop talking about that now. I, um, oh. I like maybe another time. Um, no, you're a big legend. I know we want to talk about the current crisis. Well, yeah, I mean, let's and kind I of... I could talk about this for hours and hours. Oh, I think hours, we should just have a part two. I, I think we're going to have many parts because we've got to have the, like, um, the what it's like to be um, a pregnant performer and um, that uh, some aspects of the performing arts still think it's the 1950s. Um, and I'd love yeah. to actually chat about, like... Um, how you kind of set up, set yourself up financially um, for um, having kids as well. So we can do that in the future. But what I'd love to, the kind of two things that I'd love to kind of quickly touch base about now, and I know that you've got um, an amazing um, kind of resources on your YouTube channel in terms of this as well. But and maybe you could even just direct us to that um, to that video. But if people are listening from the UK, yeah. I know that you've got some amazing information about what is accessible to people in the UK. So maybe a quick rundown or even just a direct to that um, exact video so that people can find that information if they need it when they're in the UK. Yeah, of course. Um, so I will do a brief... Uh, I, I wrote this down in a list just in case. Love it. So in the UK, um, lots of people... Firstly, I've got to put a caveat in. And lots of people are going to be slipping through the cracks on this one. And my... I cannot tell you how frustrated I am and how upset I am and how much I am sort of grieving for you. Um, and I'm not saying that to be patronising. Honestly, I recorded like this this video about all the things that people are eligible for or ineligible for, as the case may be. Yeah. And honestly, I researched it really heavily for two weeks and I kind of, every spare moment I had that I wasn't looking after my son, I was interviewing people and phoning people that are doing research. And I got to the end of that that video recording it and I just made me feel emotional even now I just burst into tears yeah because there are so many people that are feeling so desperate right now and and I I guess for me God, I'm getting really emotional it's that um it is that sort of that rise of feeling trapped and feeling ashamed and feeling sad and feeling confused and just that feeling of hopelessness, which I think um, what COVID has taken away from people, obviously their health, their freedom, their liberty, all of that as well, and their mm. lives. Um, but also it's a sense of, I think when we're freelancers, we're hustlers, 
and we're always able to be like, oh, I'll just go and do this job, or yeah. you know what, I'm just going to go and wait tables, or I'm just going to go and, you know, I wiped bottoms in a care home for quite a long time when we were getting out debt to get extra money. Mm. We're used to sort of solve problem solving, and at the moment, I think there's a great feeling of not being able to solve that problem. Yeah. Um, and I've had phone conversations with lots of people who maybe have kids as well, and they're not able to just like go and do a delivery job or go and stack shelves in the supermarket. So at least they create some income for themselves because they've got kids to look after. Mm. Um, so that's my number one. I'm I'm sorry, and I am sending you the biggest hug right now. Yeah. And when I'm talking about money and getting out of debt, please don't think I'm putting any more shame on you because I've been there and I've done it and you're not stupid and you've got nothing to be ashamed of. You're totally normal. Um, and if no one has sat you down and talked to you about this or taught you about it, then, you know, it's it's so complicated. So let's not go into that. Right. But what are you eligible for? Let's talk about those things. So um, number one, you may be eligible for a small business loan if you run a business. Um, and those are... Um, you can apply for those through your bank. I'm not an expert on those because I don't run a small business. And again, I would put in a caveat, I'm not a financial advisor or an accountant. I'm just a rabbity woman on the internet you're listening to. <laughs> so please take that into account. Do your own research, but hopefully I can point you towards some resources. Yeah. So that's number one, but probably most people aren't under that. Um, number one is the coronavirus job retention scheme. So even if you have... Um, uh, sort of part-time job that you're on PAYE, which means pay as you earn. So that's when you're sort of taxed through your employer. So you don't do your own tax return for that. Then you can be furloughed. So if you're furloughed, it's also called the Corona Job Retention Scheme. It's running for the next four months. Um, you can be furloughed and receive 80% of your monthly income um, up to and including £2,500. So that's great news. Um, it used to be that you had to be on the payroll from at least the 28th of February, um, which was obviously not great for people who just started a job recently. Yeah. But now that's changed. Now it's oh, the 19th great. of March. So you've got another like three weeks of leeway in there. So it's not great news, but that's one thing. Mm. Uh, so second thing is statutory sick pay. Statutory sick pay is only if you are sick. And it's only if you are employed, so P-A-Y-E, that's not to be self-employed. But again, a lot of people who are self-employed might have a side hustle that they do, you know, might teach in a school, they might do this, they might do that. Remember that it's not actually the company that's paying you, it's the government. Even though the company are coughing up the funds, the government will pay them back. So the, ah. go- the company's not paying 80%, the government's paying 80%. Mm-hmm. The company can choose to top it up by 20%, so they can choose to give you 100% of your salary up to including two and a half pounds. They can give you any money they want, that's their own prerogative. But the government uh, will only give you 80% up to two and a half thousand pounds. So, anyway, those are the two that are maybe not that relevant unless you're doing a side job or have um, some PAY income. Mm-hmm. Then, number three is ESA. ESA, ESA. They've got <laughs> such friendly names, don't they? You just think, wow, employment support allowance. What the does that mean? <laughs> so, employment support allowance is um, there are two kinds. There's income-based employment support allowance, which is less relevant for your listeners probably. Uh, but the one we're going to look at is contribution-based income support uh, employment support allowance. I mean, what is that? Yeah, so, yes. um, I mean, what are these names? Why can't they give them like more friendly names? Yeah. <laughs> Basically, it's kind of sick pay for the self-employed. 
Um, ah. So if you've got a long-term health problem, people would often claim ESA. But if you've paid national insurance for two to three years, so that's sort of part of our tax system in the UK. Mm-hmm. National insurance goes towards sort of pension and that sort of thing later. I'm not really sure. I'm not an accountant, but who knows? But if you've paid it for two to three years, you're eligible for contribution-based employment support allowance. So that contribution they're talking about is the the, the NI, the national insurance. Ah. So that's great. Um, and then basically you're eligible for sick pay. And I think it's basically about £74 a week. And that is if you are um, sick, so if you're unwell. Mm-hmm. It's not for if you've just lost all your work and don't yeah. have any work. Okay? Yeah. So... That is relevant, but again, that's only going to help you for a finite period. Mm. But it's worth looking up if you've been ill, if you've suffered from coronavirus. It's also um, applicable if you're suffering, uh, if you're, sorry, you're self-isolating with someone who has coronavirus. Interesting. So, um, yeah. Or is sick or is displaying symptoms. You need to get um, a sort of a sick note, and you can get that from, I think it's like nhs111.co.uk. Um, uh, you uh, it's no, it's 111.nhs.uk forward slash isolation note. I mean, just give it a Google. You are um, a champion. And you can basically self-certify to get that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so that's your ESA that we've been through. So that's kind of your sick pay. Mm-hmm. And then the thing that's really magical, if you are eligible, um, and if you're not one of the groups of people that discriminates against, mm-hmm. another one of your podcast, is the S-E-I-S-S. Ooh. Which stands for Self-Employment Income Support System. Mm. What does that mean? Well, it means that the government, in theory, if you've been self-employed for at least the tax year 2018-2019, that means you are eligible for 80% of your mean earnings over the previous three tax years. Wow. Which is great if you've been making good money. Yeah. You get 80% of that, um, and you get a three-month payment. Um, so you're kind of, it's almost equivalent to the furlough scheme, that the, um, the job retention scheme, that sort of thing that yeah. they're doing for employed people. But instead, for self-employed people, um, that is what's uh, available. Now, who is going to be left out of this? Mm. You're going to be left out of this if you earn over £50,000 a year. So if you earn £49,999, congratulations, you're in. If you earned £50,000 um, one penny, commiserations, you're out. What? It's totally binary. There is no sliding scale. No. It's utter crap. That's so um, ridiculous. I know, it's so ridiculous. And if you're left out of that, and people might say, oh, but you earn over £50,000. What, maybe you just, like, you should have loads of money. But they don't um, know yeah, people's caring responsibilities, and they don't know people's, like... You know, they could be exactly. on 50 grand and paying for, like, eight kids as a single parent. Like, it's completely, yeah, it's exactly. ridiculous. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I totally agree. Mm. Um, and we could rant about all that all day, but I can't change it currently. Please, petition the government, write your MP, yeah. do whatever you can. Uh, but currently, I can't change that. Um, mm. So, number one, that's the people are left out. Number two, if you've only recently become self-employed, so if you don't have a tax return from year 18, 19, you're ineligible. Oh, man. And again, that's totally rubbish. So I've got a friend who recently finished at the Royal Opera House on the Yetta Parker program. Shout out, so Yetta Parker. Like high-achieving, high-achieving, um, fantastic singer, fantastic human being. Um, 
loads of great gigs coming up, great contracts, but has only recently become self-employed yeah. because they've just finished it in Parker and they're ineligible. That is because, ridiculous. Yeah, it's terrible news. Yeah. So um, that's a self-employed income support system. Um, the other thing I would add, that some people have been caring for people, maybe mm. a sick relative, family member, whatever. Some people have been sick themselves. You know, I've got a mate that's been undergoing chemotherapy and mm. has not really been able to work for the last two years. Uh, number three, another one for, for our podcast we've got coming up in the future, some yeah. people have had babies. Yes. And they've been out of work for a period. Exactly. So if your income... Um, a friend of mine uh, uh, on a forum, I won't say their name, but they're female, identifying, well, female, they have, I'm trying to see this in a very inclusive way, but it's a woman, she's had a baby, yeah. uh, but equally there are, I realise, people who do not identify as female who are also capable of having babies, but anyway, I digress. I feel um, you, girl, um, yeah, I love it. She has been at home for like the last three years, like raising kids, yeah. earning not very much money. Now she's got quite a successful business, but of course she's ineligible, or at least she, she is eligible, but it's a pittance because it's taking the average of the last three years where she was earning like a couple of grand a year because no. she was raising children. Man, so, alive. Yeah, you know, similar stuff is happening in Australia. Yeah. yeah, that's my experience as well. Now I'm actually earning like fairly decent money because I've got a really successful teaching studio alongside my singing work and I've got some consistency in my singing. But the year before last, I had a baby. And then the year before that, we were moving to and from Germany like... Uh, and it meant that all my money was going towards transport and yeah, auditions. Yeah. Um, so I made about seven grand that year. I think it was seven and a half thousand pounds. So actually, I'm going to get about fifty percent of what um, I should be getting in theory on the gigs I actually have coming up. You know, and I can cry about that all I like, but actually, but that is the system, and it is going to penalise some people. It's not a perfect system. But take advantage of it if you are eligible for it. Yeah, and I think also exactly what you said of like writing, like what can you do? Like there are a lot of kind of, I know in Australia, like there's a lot of stuff going around. Like it may feel like, oh, gee, why would I sign this or write a letter? But like it really does make a difference, you know? Well, it it means it makes a difference if like 20,000 people do it or like 100,000 people do it, you know? Yeah, exactly. 100%. The one last question I was going to ask you. Oh, sorry. yeah. Um, I'm so sorry. No, no, go ahead. If you're out of work and you don't have any income, then make this your full-time job. Yeah. You know, make reducing your bills, make meal planning. Meal planning is so important. I didn't talk about it earlier. But you can spend, I don't care who you are, you can probably spend less money on food. Yeah, yeah. Um, Unless you're a single mum with no income who's lining up at the moment at a food bank and really doesn't have a tin of beans in the cupboard. Mm. Unless you're that person, in the Western world, you probably have enough money um, and enough resources to reduce your food bill. Um, So I'm just going to leave that one there. No, no, I feel you. (laughs) I think you're right, yeah. You're well, spending it's just too much like, money on food. Totally. And like <laughs> as simple stuff as like, do you waste food? Like I'm a big, you know, like please don't waste food, people. Like, you know, but like thinking about like, can I make these vegetables that are about to turn into a vegetable soup? Like, or can I yeah. think about like what am I cooking this week and what do I need to not double up on? Or, you know, I think there are there yeah. are ways. Or like actually this is super cheap at the moment because it is in season. Hello, people. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. I've been looking 
on Australia, like on Australian, the sort of debt-free people being like, "Have you seen the price of peppers in the supermarket?" <laughs> being like that they're just really expensive. And they're stuff. so expensive. Um, yeah, a lot yes. of people in the debt-free community are like, "Oh my god, you know, I just spent this. It's so much more expensive to buy this vegetable at the moment, yes. so it's not in my meal plan." And I totally. think, especially when you're like young, free, and single, people, it's not cool to meal plan. That's like the most nerdy thing ever. Um, <laughs> but it is really, it's amazing at how much you can live off. Like, we have a thing called Shelf Timber. So we try and spend as little money as possible in the I month of September on food and try and just eat what's on the shelf. Shelf Timber. So, you know, that, that weird packet of noodles that you make <laughs> to make that really like niche. Thai dish that took you five hours that one yes. time. How can you incorporate it into a meal? So that's where we get. We look at what we have, and it's a way of practicing gratitude as yeah. well. Like I look in the cupboard and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so fortunate. I have a tin of mixed vegetables that look absolutely disgusting, but I actually <laughs> have that. Yes, and totally. I can make that into a meal. Yeah. Um, how can I create a meal around that? And I think we're really used to as well because. You know, you go to the supermarket if you're in a really developed country and you can have all these amazing foods and these world foods and, like, mm. you know, what the hell is okra? I don't even know, but I've been <laughs> cooking it. Um, and we're used to having such abundance of food that we can get really creative with it, and that's great, and I love cooking. Mm. Um, but also it means that we waste food because yeah. we're not looking at our cupboard and being like, like, I'll tell you what I've currently got sitting on my counter for after this phone call. I've got three moldy plums, and I'm determined oh. that I will cut the moldy bits off, and I'm going to make them into fruit muffins for my yes. son. Yes! Uh, He'll never know. He'll never know. He'll never know. I won't feed him the moldy bits, I'm not a <laughs> but I know I can make waste fruit muffins. Totally. Even when he throws banana on the floor, he's 18 months old, he throws banana on the floor, he throws food on the floor, I'm like, I'm not going to waste that. I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to get me wrong. If the dog's licked it or if the floor's disgusting, I'm not a monster. But I'm going to be like, you know, I'm going to put that in a pot and I'm going to make some fruit muffins or I'm going to mash it with some custard and eat it for tea. Yeah. Um, Love it. And when we start doing that, we find more. That is a way of practicing gratitude. Yeah. I'm not one for, I'm not, I don't find it very easy to meditate or any of that kind of thing. As you can tell, I'm a bit of an in world hour. But I find <laughs> it, um, that's the way my husband because I've sort of talked to him about his prayer life and things, and obviously he's a religious person, I am not, and that's fine, you know, uh, my last boyfriend voted conservative, <laughs> uh, you can be in mixed faith marriage, um, but I talk to him about his prayer life, and I say, what are you doing, and I say, you know, how do you pray, because he is not one of these people that just like sends God a shopping list and says, please give me these things, yeah. um, for him it is sitting with gratitude, yeah, and yeah. then practicing gratitude in what he has. Yeah. So if he's help, if he's grateful for his healthy body, I mean, the man goes on a run every day and does yoga most days. Oh, what like, a he looks after it. I he feel like he's I mean, like the, you know. In, honestly, um, I wish I could clone him. Yeah, he sounds <laughs> divine. He sounds like um. You know, uh, in um, what's that? Maybe amazing Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Um, her um, bloody flea bag. The second <laughs> series. <laughs> Oh, he sounds like the sexy priest. I mean, I know it's like not the same, but like, oh, he sounds yeah, like the sexy priest. Honestly, we watched that together and we were like, oh my God, it's us. This is our life. Um, but, <laughs> so um, good. a total sex pest. But um, <laughs> yes, he, but I would put a massive caveat in that. In Phoebe Waller-Bridge's show, as titillating as it is, that is actually a slightly abusive relationship. 
he should not be going along with that. He should be distancing himself. Yes, number one, he's celibate. And number two, he's a priest that she's gone to for spiritual guidance. Oh, yeah. If the priest you've gone to for spiritual guidance he's is trying to a romantic relationship with you, take a good hard look at what's going on. <laughs> that may be abuse. So, I'd say that number one. Yes. Um, I was an atheist singing in a church choir. I had no, like, spiritual guidance from my husband whatsoever. I just thought he was sexy as hell. Uh, and then it. I pursued him until he succumbed to my feminine wild. So um, <laughs> that bit was similar in that I pursued him. I then proposed to him with a chorus of 30 opera singers. Oh, my God. Amazing. Oh, um, my it hero. was pretty epic. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. So, um, so yes, I, I would just put that <laughs> Oh, I love it. No, yeah, I feel you. was totally above board. It was okay. I feel but, you. But yeah, I love that sense of practicing gratitude for things that you do have. And don't make it a miserable thing of like, oh, I'm having to really scrape together this meal plan and I'm having to make vegetable soup from weird things that I don't think will even go together. Do it as a way of practicing gratitude, whether yeah. that's to your God, whether it's to the universe, whether it's just yourself for managing to scrape the money together and like doing the hustle to get that food on the table well bloody done to you because you know it is hard at the moment so that's a really good way of thinking about it again we're gamifying it we're making it fun we're making it positive i love it operating from a place of lack and a place of yes oh you are my hero and i just Oh, oh I, I'm literally like, oh my god! I've just found a new friend, and we're gonna talk about Brene, and we're gonna <laughs> like be dragons. And I already can't wait for our next, um, our next chat. Seriously, I'm like thinking like maybe like same time next week, and we chat about like, oh, oh yeah. well, same time, same time tomorrow. Amazing, same time tomorrow, babes. Uh, the last thing I've, yes. the last thing I forgot to mention is a massive one, which is the kind of catch-all for people in the UK. Um, who are uh, basically unemployed at the moment if you have reduced income, and that is universal credit, mm-hmm. which sounds kind of fun, doesn't it? Universal credit. It sounds like the possibilities are endless. They're not. It's crap. I'm it sorry. sounds a bit crap. Yeah. Um, but universal credit is uh, basically if you are on a very low income or if you have no income, um, in the UK you can apply for it. It can take up to five weeks to come through, and there are cases where it's taken more. Um, at the moment, the phone lines are jammed. It's really difficult to apply to, apply for. And honestly, I could talk about it for hours and what I've learned. Um, please go have a look at my YouTube video about um, UK benefits if you think it would help you. Um, but that is the one that can help in theory. It can help you with housing costs. Um, they've also removed something called the minimum income floor, which is really difficult to understand. It took me hours. But basically, you can earn more money while you're receiving it now. Uh. So. Because okay. it used to be that they'd really cut your benefits um, when you started earning money. So whether that's you're earning 20 quid a week by teaching piano online mm. or you've got a job in a supermarket stacking shelves, whatever. Um, the problem a lot of people are going to find with this self-employed income support system that I mentioned before, where the government's going to help self-employed people with the mean of their last three years' income. Yeah. I know there's a lot of complicated words and people can get really turned off by them, but bear with me. <laughs> Um, and maybe try to learn some of those words. I've got a jargon buster on my Instagram Yay. that people can kind of try and learn those words because I think it is really uh, intimidating. But, hey, if you're a musician, you know what forte and piano means, you know what marcato means, you know what staccato means. You can learn these weird words. I totally. suppose you can. And then you can absorb them into your vocabulary and then it can be less stressful for you. I'd really recommend that. Mm. So, um, anyway, 
anyway, going back to universal credit, um, a lot of people will be left out of the loop for the income support system for three months. And if you have no savings, then how the hell are you going to live? Yeah. Um, so universal credit could be the answer. It might not cover all the bases, but at least it covers something. Um, it's not good enough. And I agree. Let's go marching on the streets when all this is over because it's total rubbish. Mm. Um, but yeah, have a look at uh, the universal credit. Um, and you can also use different calculators to see how much you might be eligible for. If you've got kids, you'll get more. If you live in a more expensive area, you'll get more, etc., etc. So that is here and us the UK benefits lesson. Uh, amazing. Um, and I tell have us, very little more to add on that. I love it. Um, tell us where we. Oh, one thing I had noted down in my paper. You said something about um people looking for work. You're like some people should look for work or something like that. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's been really heartening to see some people. Um, in fact, there's a brilliant girl. Oh, she's one of my, like, uh, what's it called? Spirit animals. Uh, <laughs> her name's Jo Harris. And her <laughs> mum, she's a lovely opera singer. Yeah. She's a beautiful girl. Lovely, great person. Um, but her mum is, I think, I'm sorry if I get this wrong. I think she's the deputy chief medical officer um, for the UK. Wow. So she is always on, oh my God, what's her name? I've totally forgotten. Uh, but anyway, she's Mrs. Harris. Um, <laughs> Mrs. Harris, I've got no idea. Maybe it's her maiden name. My, mate, my name is my maiden name. That's brilliant. She's quite gorgeous, isn't it? That's, such a, that's a patriarchy up my back again. <laughs> anyway, I'm on TV every other day talking about coronavirus and some health measures and all this sort of thing. But her daughter um, has had loads of exciting contracts working. I think she was meant to be working for Royal Danish Opera or something. Oh, wow. uh, but she is now stacking shells in a supermarket. Um, I and I really it. commend her for that because I think it's very easy to say, um, to say, oh, I don't do that sort of thing. I, you know, I'm an, I'm an opera singer or I'm a didgeridoo player or I'm a whatever you are mm. and say, that job isn't for me. Um, I'm an artist. Uh, but if you are able to, if you are healthy, if you do not have kids that you have to be home with, yeah. if there is not a major, you know, if there's not someone in your household that's super vulnerable, obviously exercise common sense, but get out there and get a job. Yeah. Places like Amazon are hiring, Deliveroo is hiring. Yes, you might be earning minimum wage, but minimum wage is better than nothing. As totally. Bill Gates always says, your grandparents, when they looked at mega flipping, they did not look at it as beneath their, their dignity. They looked at it as opportunity. Yeah. And that's something I am so grateful to my family about. Um, it, everyone in my family. I've got a huge Irish Catholic family from Wales. And every single one of them is a worker um, and has that really, you know, that my granddad was a minor. Um, you know, it's not... Uh, it's not a really wealthy background. It's a working class background, but every single person in my family is a worker mm. and they are a grafter and no one is too good to do anything. And I think that's really important to remember. Um, totally. And we're now realising, I think more than ever, some of us have realised this before, but the, you know, the people working the checkouts, the people standing oh, the yeah. shelf, they are superheroes. Massively. Even without their capes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you are making a massive contribution um, to society by doing those things and if it helps you put bread on the table for your family or for yourself and if it helps your mental health because you feel like you're contributing instead of just sitting at home and watching Netflix yeah. no shame at just sitting at home and watching Netflix by the way <laughs> but if you think it would help your mental health then get out there and get a job there are jobs I'm not saying it's going to be easy nothing worth having is easy but if there's anyone who's used to a struggle and used to fighting it is a freelance artist Amen, so, sister! 
preach. I totally you agree. You can do it. And, and like, then you can sit on your rubies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly right. And, like, I had a discussion with a friend the other day. We were talking about kind of saying, like, you know, the idea of – and I think people are being brought more and more to this. As you say, I think everyone's at various stages with this and maybe we've come to this before this point. But, you know, how do I contribute to my community? What is my responsibility in the community? How do I give back? How yeah. do I participate as a community member? And for a lot of us, it has been yeah. through our music or through our art or through whatever, to whatever extent. Yeah. But it's like, okay, well, the world is shifting. Like, how do I best participate in my community or support my community and it's like okay can i make a podcast episode for some people it's like continuing to make music um for me it's not that it's like having conversations or you know it might be putting out a video about like here are the financial resources available like what can you do at the moment like i think that's the big calling for all of us you know yeah um, and can I, can I just do a little moment on that? Yeah. Um, this, I presume this would be the same anywhere in the world. Uh, but number one, and all of these are obviously if you have money or resources in any way, shape or form, donate to your local food banks yeah. or to your local um, organisation that's delivering food. In the UK, I know a lot of churches and mosques are doing that. We are doing doorstep drops for people who are vulnerable and for people who have literally no food. Mm. You know, I've been doing doorstep drops for people who have nothing. Yeah. You know, they've been living off a packet of custard creams for the last three days and they've totally run out of food. So um, if you can donate to anyone like that, um, please do. Uh, number two, a lot of people are now shut indoors with their abusers. Yes, um, so, so true. Um, you know, women, children, I, obviously there are men who are uh, at risk of abuse as well. Uh, but please consider, if you can, donating to someone like that. Yeah. Um, Number three, refugees. Yes. Um, I know, like, uh, amazing Deborah from The Guilty Feminist. She oh, I is, love like, her. Really right now. Another one of my queens. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, totally. I'm really enjoying her um, Instagram lives when she's been on lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, so that sort of thing. Um, and the last thing I would say, obviously, it's, it's difficult saying that because a lot of people will be listening and like, I don't have enough money to buy myself food. And one of the things I would say that has been the most freeing thing for me about getting on a budget and about creating wealth and having those savings is that I can now live, I feel totally in line with my values. Yeah, yeah. Um, and one of the things we haven't talked about um, is sort of sustainability, but that's a really huge part of my sort of message. When totally. I talk about frugal life, it's also talking about an eco-friendly life, mm-hmm. which is something that I'm really working, you know, progress, not perfection, we're not perfect, uh, but we're definitely making a huge amount of progress in our own lives and have been for quite a few years now. Mm. But it means that you can vote with your money. Maybe yeah. if you do the meal plan and you can save £5 on your meal budget, but it's still, so maybe you could, and I'm not telling you you should, but maybe you could donate that to a food bank. Or yeah. maybe it's simple as one tin of beans. And actually sometimes it's okay to feel good about giving. If you mm. put your tin of beans into the food bank donation point at the supermarket and you feel smug about it all week, that is okay. Mm. It's okay to feel good about it. Um, and I think that's really important to remember. I think we have quite often have this puritanical thing about charitable giving and it has to be really meek and you can't talk about it and you have to be really hushed about it. But... Um, yeah, it's, um, I could talk about that all day. But you can talk about it and you can feel proud of yourself, especially if you're sacrificing something uh, to, put, it, uh, to yeah. put something in there. 
I'm not talking about going without yourself. I'm not talking about going without food. I'm not talking about not paying the electricity bill. But if it's a choice in the supermarket between buying, I don't know, a ma- you know, three extra bags of crisps that are just for like a stress snacking anyway, and actually putting those in a food bank deposit bin, then have a think about it. Again, mm-hmm. I'm not telling you what to do. Exercise self, self like totally. self uh, policing around that, and feed yourself first. But yeah, just think about it. Oh, it's the freedom it you. budgeting freedom. Totally, and <laughs> alignment to the values. Oh, I love it, girl. We are spirit animals. I just adore you, and I can't wait to. Come back for part two. Where can we find you to wrap up? Where are your, like, what are your channels? I'll put them in the show notes as well, but where can we find you? Oh, um, I am on oh, many things. Mm-hmm. I'm on, so I'm on, I'm actually going to have a name change soon, which is very Ooh. exciting. Watch this space. Because as much as I love being a big wife, and I, um, I am not a religious person, which I think people presume I am. That's mm-hmm. kind of on them rather than me. But I feel, I'm super happy being around religion, but, um, I'm uh, I'm not, I don't feel comfortable with everyone's prayer requests all the time. Yes. Like, I don't really believe in this. Um, <laughs> and also, I, I, I'm a massive feminist, and mm-hmm. it's sort of like, I'm like, I didn't really think about it when I did it. I just rhymed and sounded catchy, but I don't really feel comfortable always identifying as someone's wife. Yeah, um, I feel you, yeah. Because there's more to me, uh, which is totally fine. You can identify as a wife, you know, that's fine. But it's and just, many anyway, things. I've decided to change, so that's coming yeah, up. I but at the you. moment, for the next few weeks, I will be at the Vicar's Wife's Frugal Life. So there's a lot of apostrophes in it. The Vicar's Wife's Frugal Life. Uh, I'm on Instagram. That's probably my biggest one. But I would really love it if you could subscribe on YouTube because I'm getting close yes. to being able to monetize my videos, which is really exciting. Um, and I'm also on Twitter under VWFL88. VWFL88. And I'm also on Facebook. Oh, amazing. Under the Vicar's Wife's Frugal Life. Those are all the things I'm on. So, Champion. Um, yeah. And, and I'll um, put them in, in the... Because well, I'm going to start, start coaching soon as well. Yeah. Amazing. <sighs> oh, amazing. Thank and keep us posted. Like, you'll kind of put on your, like, Instagram or whatever, like, I'm qualified. I'm open for, like, sessions, right? Like, we'll kind of be able to know, like... Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. You so, I want to do some me. crisis counselling, especially. So, we'll yeah. see. We'll see. Oh. but have hope that's the most important thing yes. have hope this will change and if it feels horrendous at the moment that's because you're at the start of the journey but it means yeah. you've started and yeah. that's amazing yeah. and listen to Brene Brown oh I love Brene Brown oh my god all our queens in the one place amazing <laughs> uh, <May. laughs>